Yellows the way it is. Well, if there's that um, amazing a voice and um, singing so many different songs. Um, that, that Sinead performed and with so many different singers over the years as well and so sad that she has died um, and I'm joined in studio by Maria Dollard and by our own Martin uh, Bridgman just before we came on air there Maria we were we both said it kind of hit us in the yeah. chest yeah absolutely I, I, when we heard and I, I know I'll I never cried. forget where I was when she died when yeah. I heard that she had died yeah, yeah. yeah and we both cried we did yeah, yeah absolutely I, I was I was re- I really felt upset I suppose for me uh, my personal I suppose memories I remember uh, I was in college in Limerick in the art college and I used to busk as lots of people do to earn extra money for different things but myself and my friend used to busk on a Wednesday and I remember uh, a guy that was in college with his knee singing well we did yeah played guitar and sang on the street <laughs> but um, but I remember my friend from college came along and he had the line and the cobra in his hand he said you have to check out this girl she's fantastic and I, I presume I think there was many a bootleg made from his tape that he got and we had, we all had a copy of it um, and I just you were just I was just blown away I suppose being a young woman about the same age as she was and just just seeing the power and the energy and the emotion and the she was just such a powerful young woman and I think that was sort of so new at the time and she was Irish you know we had some you know powerful women rockers but like she was Irish and she was you know so fantastic looking and you know she was just such a, a really strong influence um, and at that time it was just purely about music and I remember I said it to, to Niall at the time my husband Niall um, at the time and he said yeah he said I've seen her he said in, in Trinity he said do you remember I told you he said she was in a band Tonton Macoot and they played at the Trinity Ball and he said he, he was his mouth was hanging open because he said she was just so amazing to look at to perf- the way she performed her energy her voice and she just I think she, she because her I think her emotions were so connected to her voice mm-hmm. and I think she connected so fantastically with the audience that you just felt that you kind of were connected with her in a very special way you know and uh, so like I was just devastated when I heard it yesterday and it was like I don't want this to be misinterpreted but it was as if it was an awfully long time coming she's been her, you know just so wounded has had terrible struggles she's lost her child um, you know yeah and uh, you know I often think of the Bernardos ad the, the tagline is every childhood lasts a lifetime and you know Sinead spoke very openly about her own childhood and her own childhood experiences and uh, and her mental health and her you know um, struggles with her mental health and you know, just looking at her Twitter account the other day, she had a picture up of her son that died last year. Mm. And, you know, it seems that that, you know, she openly more or less said it was the undoing of her, you know. And her mental health hasn't been discussed that much. I mean, I, I suppose, understandably, it's been her music, but it, it was so clear that she had major issues with her mental health. I think she told us. Martin, that she'd been diagnosed with yeah, bipolar, bipolar disorder, affective, affective which is disorder, one of um, the hardest it's, it, to cope with. 
she did these these videos. She she got herself somehow to America, and there were these YouTube videos where she was she was in crisis. Is the mm. only way to describe mm. it. She was crying out mm. for people to help her, and like many people who've, who've suffered depression, they'll say at the very time that there are people you cannot see that yourself you cannot see that people love you or care for you or professionals are there for you you can't feel it you can't can't feel it and can't do anything about it and that was before all of this happened she had she mentioned and this is the thing that I suppose it's it's an Irish thing like she was so open about her life she was so open about her depression she was open about her medical history she had a, a um, like she, I'm not making this up I'm not saying this is gossip she said this out mm. loud mm. in very public forums like YouTube like interviews and in her book and, like and it's you know what, what little we know Sue it's, it's, it's pointing to, to what mightn't be surprising as, as yeah. her cause of but it must but be, it must be very hard for really people hard. with mental health issues on a day like today yeah. as well because it's hard to and kind of unravel it all or it is and you know understand it all it's, it's not just other people who are experiencing mental ill health ill health but the families of those people because you know it, it as as Martin said you know often you know when when you're in a really bad space you can't see that people are trying to help you and it, it's the most disempowering thing to be related to somebody who's going through really bad mental health experience because you can't actually help them sometimes and you know talk is cheap and everybody has an opinion and my heart goes out to her family today because they're you know they're really suffering now she's kind of owned by the whole world whereas she's their mother sister I I had the same reaction as you as you two I was in the kitchen and my phone beeped Um, I was cooking or whatever I, I don't know what happened for the next five or ten minutes I just don't and um, I was afraid to send it to a friend of mine because he would have been in, in similar circles to her. We all kind of around the, the, the same kind of scene, but to, to, to different extents. And he, he just said, I can't deal with this. Like he, he, he rang me back and he said, I have no idea why this is happening to me, but I'm absolutely gutted for her. Because there was and this our hearts sense were broken for her for years. This really, is what I was right? going to say. Yeah. So she was like, she was related to us. Yeah. And like we have, like Maria said, you have this desire to help. We've upset this, Maria again here now. Yeah. You know, and, and you can't. Mm. And as you said, Maria, and I've been there. I've, I, I've, I've been the one who can't see what's in front of me. Um, and, and you come out the far end and there's a point at which you may, if you're lucky, look back and go, I had people there. But in that moment and in that time and all the other things that have happened to her, you can't compare. I can't and will never compare myself to another living person in terms of their reaction or my reaction or whatever. We have, um, there are two things that bookend um, Sinead's public life as opposed to her music. 1992, she had the famous... She was cancelled, for the want of a better word. She People like Frank Sinatra, Joe Pesci threatening violence. Threatened violence. When she called out a song which she sang on Saturday Night Live, which is about racism, she chose to change it to talk about child sexual abuse. In 1992, in Ireland, in America, whatever, she paid a very heavy price. But as she said herself, somebody said, you sabotaged your career. No, I sabotaged somebody else's idea of a career. I did not. I spoke my mind. But just to finish the point, so there was 1992. She was proved right. 
because more people and more people stood out and stood up and we know now the the, the, the legacy of, of what happened with various reports or whatever and within the last two years when she lost her son she criticised the service that has been criticised formally this week by government report mm-hmm. so if they are the only two things that she ever did uh, you know let's park her musical thing as a human being living in a country calling out what is wrong with the society she deserves a statue. Mm. Did you meet her, Martin, or did you go to as that I, concert as I said, in 2019? I, no, I, I couldn't go. I was I was out of town that particular time. And uh, I think I've said to you before, I knocked around to the music scene and I was in a number of bands. As one lad famously says, said to me, we rose without trace. We knocked around similar circles in the 1980s. And we were in a battle of the bands, which we ended up winning, weirdly. But um, we were in the Ambassador Theatre and during one of the heats, um, she walked over and was standing at the side of the stage. We were getting ready to go on. And all I can say is I, I, she absolutely left me breathless. There was something about her. Now, I was a younger man. I don't mind telling you, I thought she was dropped dead, gorgeous. Was, yeah. But there was also something about her. And there were other musicians with me. And we weren't, you know, we weren't thinking with her hormones. We were just going, there's something there. There's, mm. What is that? You couldn't take your eyes off her. And then she walked out on stage and it all made sense. What was special about her for for you, Maria? I mean, you've talked about mm. you and your husband to be, um, you know, being wowed by her. What, what was it? Was it the music? Primarily, it was then? definitely yeah. the music. But I think over the course of her life and her career, um, it was her fearlessness. She just was fearless. She didn't care what other people thought. And, you know, a lot of people, you know, are talking about the, the cover that she did of the Prince song. Nothing compares to you. But I remember thinking when I saw that close up of her face and she was beautifully made up and everything. And I went, that's not really Sinead O'Connor. Mm. <laughs> you know, she, she's like she was a tigress, you know, and she was presented in a particular way, which, of course, gave her world fame, which may have been the worst thing that ever happened to her. Yeah. Um, and, you know, and I and I think she recognised that herself. And, and, you know, she talked about um people saying that she'd messed up her career when she said I didn't mess up my career I messed up messed up other people's careers you know they were the ones that thought they'd get a, get a great kind of make yeah, a lot of money absolutely. from me mm-hmm. and um, but she did her own thing and you know when uh, as Martin said like she called out um, uh, child sexual abuse in the Catholic Church about 18 years before Pope Benedict eventually apologised for it you know and it was that fearlessness that um I suppose it caused her to expose herself in ways that may not have been helpful to her but she did it I think because she cared enough about other people to say I'm calling this out I'm doing I'm using my voice because other people don't have a voice to use and I think that's what I really admired most about her yeah but on the musical side of things there's a similarity with her and Christy Dignam which I only realized the other, the other day they both went to Frank Merriman who was a singing oh, coach, a very, this, very yeah. famous singing coach who deconstructed and built built your voice back up. A friend of mine went to him and he said, the first thing you need to do is stop singing 
He says, what do you mean? He said, stop singing. I need you to break everything down and I'll build it back up. Now, the same guy did what he was told and has had a voice up to the day he died. He was 70-something. And he had this fantastic voice. Sinead had a voice like nobody else, but she kept it. Christy was the same. She kept it. He kept it because it was trained. She put the work in and that was the, the, the sense that we got as musicians. When you see somebody, you know, there's always this cliche that, oh, they're kind of very, very in the way. She worked hard at what she did. She worked her musicians hard and I heard a fantastic comment this morning from Paddy Cullivan who would have played with her in the Late Late Show band and she said she drove us crazy she'd say no we need to do this again and there were multiple takes she said oh, and she she kind of bossed us around and then she turned around when they were finished and, and she go, says it is all that, right is that okay yeah. you know and yeah. th- that's that's an artist that's an artist who and, and has has power and uh, you know weakness or doubt or whatever she was a human being but in a, a very girl. very she was public a, fl- yeah. a very public place and and i think the like the term artist is often bandied about but it there's very few people it truly applies to and she was definitely one of those people she communicated using her talent and she communicated things that were important to her what what i'm going to have to leave it um maria bob what about legacy and i'm kind of thinking about her losing her small 17-year-old yeah. boy and then a, a, a couple the day before she died, I think this report of CAMS, which I'm sure you're very well aware of, um, came out saying basically you, our country can't guarantee support for children and adolescents with mental health. Issues. I think there should be a complete de- deconstruction of our mental health services in the sense that we need to stop and think about how we interact and how we support people with mental ill health. It's something that can affect every single one of us and you know I think there have been certain kind of structures put in place that are just not working. They're not working and, and more than not working they're destroying people's lives um, you know who have had interaction with some really bad practice on the ground so there has to be a root and branch look at what we are doing you know and, and what we're not doing and and identify good practice where it exists and just eliminate bad practice because it is destroying people's lives and it's not just the person that's interacting with the service but it's their family and their friends and everybody that cares about them. Martin, finally to you, you've got a special show coming up this evening. Tell us about yeah, it. Yeah, I know. I, heard, I was listening to Shannon last night. I actually found it very difficult. I was over and back and I said, I can't, I can't actually deal with this. It, there was just so much coming at me and that was the reaction of a number of people. But in talking to people um, and coming at it from a musical point of view, she did very brave things musically as well. Her first two albums were rock albums. They were, as, as you said, she was this fearless onstage presence. She did an album of the great American songbook one of the most famous guys like worked with Tony Bennett all these people mm. she did that that album is magnificent she did an album of Shandos music she did an album she is a version of uh, I'm Stretched in Her Grave with a reggae beat she was fearless she worked with the Afrokel sound system with Tammy and Dempsey and she added to every single thing she did she set the bar so high for anybody who calls himself an artist what are you doing tonight? What time? 11, well, programme starts between 10 and 11. Uh, so between 11 and 12, I'll be digging out tracks that people may or may not have heard, may or may not uh, have, have known about. Uh, not to be obscure, just to show the breadth. We know Mandinka, we know nothing compares mm. to you. And it's a tribute to an artist when they can take another song and completely own it. 
completely there's nobody else in the world can sing that song ever again that's the you know it's yeah. like Joe Cocker taking one of the Beatles songs and everybody goes no Joe Cocker Ní veg a leithéidarís Ní veg Ní veg and which I think she'd probably appreciate because she yeah. was she was um, religious in various ways yeah. uh, too but um, I'm going to listen to uh, maybe my play tonight Martin um, the duet that she did with Shane McGowan Haunted by the Ghost Oh yes I've heard that yeah, yeah. today the, on, the, so many songs so many places yeah. she wrote a letter to Miley Cyrus I don't know whether you've seen that no. open letter she wrote no. to Miley Cyrus telling her not to uh, go nude um, for the record companies and the most articulate it's well worth yeah. okay. looking it up I think it's in The Guardian today nice. uh, an open letter to Miley Cyrus talking to her about women in the music it's industry it's and it's absolutely brilliant and crystal clear mm. absolutely clear yeah. listen thank you both very much sorry the time KCLR's The Way It Is 